For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Here we go. Here now with all of today's cruise and travel news and a bit of commentary. It's the guru of the seas himself, Tom Drake. Yes, indeed. On a Friday morning, Friday, July 7th, 2023. It is the podcast. I am the podcaster. You are the listener. And that is the deck. That is that. The duck disclaimer. As the, the voice of B.J. Odom said, I give you the news. I give you the commentary. I give you the skinny. Is that the word? I don't know. You can't use the word skinny in a cruise ship, can you? Although around here, everybody, everybody exercises. I was out this morning already. They're on the outside deck in the middle of a fog because it's very foggy. We just arrived in Prince Rupert, British Columbia, a fantastic, majestic port of call. If you could see it, we're completely enveloped, enveloped it without a stamp, uh, fog everywhere. It'll clear later, 65 degrees. Very nice here. Summer in British Columbia, 65 degrees. Pretty much all you can hope for. Once in a while, it gets to 85 or 90. Here's the headlines. Let's roll today. A Ruby Princess. Everybody knows this story. It's been on every news outlet anywhere because no, they, the media loves to smash the cruise industry. So the Ruby Princess arriving in San Francisco yesterday, and the captain must have dropped his coffee and looked in the wrong direction because he whacked the pier and punched a hole in the hull. And now the guests are on board. I'll tell you all about that. Uh, this was in Maritime Executive. I read that from time to time, even though I'm not a Maritime Executive. Uh, the official retirement of Frank Del Rio. It was uh, the other day, the end of June. Also, uh, I missed this story last week because it was kind of a upside down week between internet issues and time changes and all kinds of crazy stuff. But a lady fell overboard on the Mariner of the Seas from the 10th deck. We're going to talk about that. I, this caught my eye. Well, actually, both eyes. One was open. Uh, Roma Cruise Terminal. Uh, she's a busy, huh? It's the numbers about how many people have uh, visited the Roma Cruise Terminal in the first six months. I'm going to talk about that because it's not really a terminal there. That's a bit of a, a fraudulent statement, so to speak. And then a little, little bit of travel advisor news deals the MSC is offering more time to look at leaves in Canada. And I'll talk about that and whether or not you should sail MSC. And if you do, go for the Yacht Club. A very busy day for me. Do you, need, you, need, you don't need me to tell you. I have got a list of things to do, starting with uh, shopping and then laundry uh, and then uh, uh, getting ready for my uh, Tales from the Laundry Room show, which is tomorrow. I need old-time radio music. And then on top of that, I have a show tomorrow night. And the day after that, I have a comedy workshop. Uh, lunch today to begin the celebration of the wife's birthday. It goes on and on and on. Uh, I'm exhausted, and it's only uh, very early in the morning here. Uh, no news on Explorer 1 yet. That's the Explorer, uh, Explorer Journey's brand-new luxury ship that I in the final hour. It was supposed to be delivered yesterday, and on the 5th they said, no, is she not going to be ready? Vacantieri, no news. Uh, th this is a cruise line that has pumped out press releases 
um, the way I put down duck farts. Uh, nothing, just uh, silence, not a whisper. They uh, one 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 um, blog site said weeks. It'll be several weeks, and as I said yesterday, I think you know they just got mad and told Fink and Thierry, "We'll take it when it's finished, my brother." Uh, the way when you buy a house, I just this is my particular opinion. Anyway, uh, I want to comment on this uh, World Cruise Extravaganza. I joined May first. It's been very nice. The people have been very nice. We had Liars Club again last night, a game show that we perform, and it was well attended. The people, I can't say it enough. Uh, look, I'm not saying this because I think anybody from the company's listening. Uh, they, they, they genuinely have been very nice. But hold that thought because tomorrow night I have my fourth show. They could turn on me at any moment. You just never know. While the music is playing there, by the way, if you're a first-time listener, that just is, there's no reason for that music, except weeks back I said we need some production value. You know, like they have on MSNBC and CNN and Fox News, breaking news. I wanted some breaking news music. I was laughing out loud to myself reading this story about the Ruby Princess. Uh, that captain, you know, you're docking in Pier 27 in San Francisco. It might have been windy, but there are probably a tugs available to assist you. Something happened, and he just banged into the pier. And these aren't uh, armor-plated ships here, you know, and he whacked a pretty good-sized hole in it. And it's above the water level, the sea level, but... but According to this article, Princess Cruises is in continued discussions with the U.S. Coast Guard regarding clearance for the Ruby Princess to leave San Francisco. Yesterday, it whacked the pier. They loaded the guest on board because they weren't going to put him in hotel rooms. There's 3,362 people. You weren't putting them in hotel rooms. They brought him on board. If the Coast Guard goes, no, you're not going anywhere with that hole in the hull. The hole in the hull. But, hey, if you're a guest on board, you're loving this. You're trying to get back off the ship so you can take a picture. How many times have you cruised on a ship with a hole in the hull? Let's rename it the hole. I, you know, I feel bad for the captain. feel bad for Princess. They've had their, their, their uh, number of setbacks going way back when to COVID and, and then norovirus. Wow. And now on top of this. Uh, according to this article, the safety of our guests and crew remain our top priority. In other words, they're not going to be able to stick some duct tape on the hull. Not going to happen. And I don't know how quickly you can patch a hull like that. Maybe you can bring people in, steel workers, bring them in with a, you know, with a, with a piece of metal and cut around it and slap it in, you know, like a sheetrock or something. I'm not sure whether or not they have to bring them in from Canada where they're dry dock people, fly them in, put them up there, some welding, and bada-bing, bada-boom, we're out the door. I don't think they can stick a piece of cardboard on it like... <laughs> like I used to do in the old days. Uh, we'll see what happens. But right now, it's sitting at Pier 27. We arrive uh, on the ship in Pier 27, but not for another, well, hold on a minute here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, uh, another five days. I heard about this. I said, let's go right away. I like to see it. I'm from Jersey. Who doesn't want to see a hull in the hull as long as it's not your hull? Um, anyway, according to this, while uh, the departure time is still being determined, uh, Princess Cruz, uh, Cruises said they passengers boarded at 11.30 a.m. And, and they're sitting there and they're talking about it. And it's quite a conversation piece for when you go home. But they're already one day off. 
So they're going to have to adjust the itinerary wherever it was going, more than likely. From San Francisco, it was going to the Mexican Riviera. I am guessing that's conjecture. I am making that up as they go along. I'm just, I don't know for sure. you got to be kidding me. Right, and I call myself a professional blogger. I don't know if I'm a blogger. I'm more like a fogger. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Feel bad for the crew, though. The whole crew, everybody. Captain especially. I don't know if that's a fireable offense. It's damn close. Uh, They pay the big bucks, baby. You know, it's like a pilot. Once you get that sucker up in the air, autopilot takes over. It's a dream job. But you got to land it and you got to take off. Well, with a ship, you got to park it and you got to take it out. You better park it right. We were in Ketchikan yesterday and I was telling people about... The Celebrity Millennium, I believe. Millennium. I'm not sure. I'm not sure again today. This is I'm Not Sure Friday. you got to be kidding I, me. I know. And what do you think? You're, you're a moron. Uh, when they took the pier out in Ketchikan about four years ago, prior to the pandemic, a Greek captain came in, bat out of hell, bat out of hell. Like he had a girlfriend in Ketchikan. Took out the pier. $2 million worth of damage. I think that's a fireable offense. But, you know, nowadays you can get a job somewhere. You might not get it on a cruise ship, but you'll get a job unless they pull your chicken but this one you know it's a it's cosmetic it, it didn't bust a propeller which can cost uh five hundred thousand dollars for a propeller uh he just nicked it a little bit you know a little like a fender bender he also damaged the pier that's not good when you damage the pier you know because it's the government there and you know that's what's going to cost a lot of money maritime executive nice feature article on former CEO of NCL Holdings, Frank Del Rio, and uh, detailed the entire life of Frank. You know, many people know this, many people don't. Uh, Prior to starting Oceana Cruise Line with Bob Bender and Joe Waters, he was the chief financial officer of Renaissance Cruises. And Renaissance Cruises commissioned eight ships, called the R-ships, eight identical cookie-cutter ships, and they went crazy. They were nuts, and uh, then the 9-11 came, and they went bankrupt. But Frank DeRio bailed out about six months before they went bankrupt, chief financial officer, so they went bankrupt. Now there's eight ships sitting in wet dock in different places because the bank repossessed them, and that's when he had the idea, you know what? We're gonna create an incredible. Uh, we're gonna create a new niche. Niche. I was looking for the word that was here. It was right there. I just, I, I just couldn't find it. Yeah, get him the hell out of here. Yeah, I know. Please. It's a Friday, and I sound tired, but I'm not. I am wide awake. It's just my brain isn't. Anyway, they created Oceana, a brand new niche niche in the industry called Upper Premium. It did not exist prior to uh, founding Oceana and starting this new niche. I know, I like the word. Niche, hole in the hole. We got some good words going today. Anyway, Upper Premium would would be above. They would they would fight you on this. It would be above celebrity, above, above Holland America because of the size of the ship. Intimate, intimate cruises, 640 guests. Now, there are eight of those ships still in the water. Four are controlled by Oceana and four are controlled by Azamara. That's a whole other story for another day. Anyway, he founded Oceana, very successful, very quickly. And in comes Apollo Management, or Apollo Investment, I should say, out of New York City. Leon Black, he's got some problems. Google that name. Leon Black and the billionaires from Apollo, and they bought Oceana. Uh, and that gave us the deep 
explode. The company had deep pockets, and that's why they could build Marina and Riviera. Uh, and then uh, Apollo went out and bought Region 7 Seas. So now they had a luxury cruise line, and they had an upper premium cruise line. And they combined those and put them under the management of Frank Del Rio. And then they went out and bought a uh, Norwegian cruise line. They bought it from the Malaysian Lim Kok Day. They bought it from Lim Kok Day because he screwed that one up six ways from Sunday. Uh, now they control that. Went public. NCL Holdings purchased the Oceania region. And Frank Del Rio was, was supposed to retire at the end of two, 2015, I think it was. Uh, but then there was uh, some management upheaval. And Kevin Sheehan, who had been the president CEO of, of a Norwegian Cruise Line Holding on a Friday afternoon, was uh, put out to his car, pretty much. And uh, Frank Del Rio stayed and became, the, as I call the cap de cap, the big boss, uh, the man, uh, uh, sits on top of all of it. So he went from CFO on a cruise line that went bankrupt to the top. He was one of the titans of the industry. Richard Fain and, and uh, Arnold Donald and Frank Del Rio, those are the names you heard, and uh, very successful. And during the pandemic, he had the biggest mouth. And I mean that as a compliment. He was the one screaming about the federal government, screaming about the restrictions. He was the one driving the health panel that Royal Caribbean and NCL uh, funded together, a, a panel to develop criteria to get the business back to work because the federal government was dragging its ass six ways from Sunday. He was the driving force behind that. He's also a pretty good spender. All of the ships that he built during his tenure. The new ones are gorgeous. They are talked about in the industry for all the fabrics from Kravit, by the way. Mostly fabrics from Kravit. Uh, the furniture, the design, you know, all the new ones now. The, the grandeur and the prima and uh, the vista. They're, they're talked about in the industry as state-of-the-art kind of stuff. But enough's enough. So finally, he retired. And now Harry Summer. Harry Summer is in charge of the whole ball of wax. He's the capo di capo. And Frank A. Del Rio, the son of Frank Other Del Rio, is now the president of Oceana. And uh, Frank Del Rio can sit back and say, you know what? I did pretty damn good. I'm, I could be wrong on the age, but I believe... You gotta be kidding me. I know, I'm wrong again. Shut up. He came to, came to the United States from Cuba at the age of six. Talk about a self-made man, huh? Oof, pretty good. So congratulations. He's going to take it easy. Well, I don't know. I personally don't think he's going to stay retired, but then he might do it. Who knows? Uh, he's still a consultant to NCL Holdings until 2025. So he still has his thumb in the pie or his finger on the pulse or any other cliche you want to throw out there. There you go. Uh, here's the man. Man over. It was a woman. Uh, Royal Caribbean Marin of the Seas, a 42-year-old woman. Um, fell off, fell off the ship from deck ten, and people saw her go, uh, and they immediately sounded the alarm, uh, code moron, and they dropped the what they call the mobo, some uh, lingo for you to learn. Man overboard boat is called the mobo. They dropped the mobo. People were throwing the rings, you know, the life rings that they have around the ship. They're throwing the rings. They're pointing, and they recovered her. She fell, fell from deck ten into the water. And she was unhurt, other than maybe a screw loose. Um, she was taken off the ship for observation, <laughs> um, and we'll see what that's about. But, you know, I, I've heard of this before. When people fall off and they're unhurt, they're usually overserved. They're usually whacked, pretty much. Um, anyway, uh, Royal Caribbean noted that the historical survivor rate, survivor rate for a man or woman overboard on cruise ships is about 30%. 
That's according to data collected by CLIA, Cruise Line Industry Association. There's also a quote here, not a current quote, a previous article, a quote from the CLIA SVP of Maritime Policy. His name is Brian Salerno. <laughs> and he said, people just don't inadvertently fall off the side of a ship. The vast majority majority of the cases are either reckless behavior or some form of intentional act. <laughs> That's a, I love the wording. Some form of intentional act. Yep. They jumped overboard because they'd had enough. Either that, they saw their bar bill. I love these words. Even previous story where they said they're in discussion with the Coast Guard. You're not talking to the, the you're not discussing anything with the Coast Guard. They're sitting, they're just trying to decide whether you're going anywhere. Uh, not much of a discussion there with the Coast Guard. They'll decide that hole in the hull, not happening right there. How about that though? Fell off deck 10 and survived. You got a story once you get out of the funny farm. Probably gets, well, I don't know. You know, again, that. This is, I don't know what I'm talking about. You Friday. gotta be kidding me. So maybe just a, one too many duck farts or jello shots. And you don't slip and fall off deck 10. It's impossible. You have to climb up on the rail. You have to be sitting on a drunk or you intentionally jumped. You don't, there isn't a place to fall off a ship here. Certainly not this demographic. <laughs> I could lift a leg. Uh, <laughs> I have the cruise director in the room give me that. Don't say anything about the guests. Please be nice. Try to. I saw this article today in Travel Weekly. I think the Roma Cruise Terminal has reported a strong performance in the first six months of 2023. There isn't a Roma Cruise Terminal. There are a bunch of tents. Uh, it's the port of Chivichevecchia, by the way. Uh, they want to call it the Roma Cruise Terminal. It's not some big terminal like in Barcelona. Uh, it is a bunch of tents. that they, They're permanent, year-round tents, but that's it. Uh, there might be one building because each ship docks individually and has their clearance individually. It's not one giant terminal uh, like uh, Vancouver, uh, whatever they call that place in Vancouver, big, massive cruise terminal, all happens inside one building. No, no, this one's separate ones. But in any case, in the first six months of 2023, and understand that's January to June. It's not even summer season yet. 1,173,000 passengers went through there. That's unbelievable. That's crowded. That surpassed uh, 2022 by 86%. 86% because last year only 630,000 people. Uh, it's a big, giant increase. According to the press release, the increase in passenger numbers comes despite having the same number of ship calls for the same period in 2022. Would you like to explain that? I'll do it. The same number of ship calls, but they're different ships. They're Mega Mothers, Sea Godzillas, Greyhound with Life Jackets. Uh, they're giving away Europe. You can, you can sail in Europe cheap. You're just going to go broke getting there. I was just looking at flights, by the way, because uh, our next contract on, on this ship here, Insignia, might be adjusted where instead of flying home from Tokyo, we are flying home from Sydney, Australia. Uh, business class, not even first class. First class on Delta from Sydney, Australia. Delta One, $9,182. Oh, God. That's ugly. So I'm shopping for prices. Uh, expensive to get to Europe. Once you get there, you can sail pretty good. Better off if you have nothing but time on your hands. Should have taken a transatlantic over. Could have been a haul in America for 50 bucks a day. And then caught another ship when you got there. Pretty good, though. We did not go to Skagway. 
uh, during this itinerary. It's a very nice port of call. Very important. What people like to do there is uh, ride the White Pass Yukon train uh, from Skagway. Uh, used to go up into Canada. I heard it doesn't do it anymore. But it's very nice. Well, they just authorized a strike. It is a union railroad. And they authorized the strike because they can't seem to get anywhere with negotiations. Uh, it is owned by Carnival. It's owned by a division of Carnival Corporation. Uh, Holland America Tours owns it through Carnival Corporation. They bought it for $270 million back in 2018. I don't think the cruise industry understands how to negotiate with unions. <laughs> no. Because I have a feeling that, that, well, they want to do away with the, according to this article, they want to drop the brake man on the, on the train. Huh? No, don't you need a brake man? According to uh, this article, the carrier seeks to reduce the workforce by a third by removing the, the brake man from every train, a safety-critical position for trains that routinely carry 600 passengers. Wow. Now, you know, again, I'm just reading the news. I can't comment on this. I don't know anything about trains. Uh, according to the article, though, while engineers operate the controls of the locomotive, brakemen and conductors work from the train cars where they can ensure the safe passage of those on board. Come on. I don't know what it costs for a brakeman, but raise the price. But you know what? When you pay $270 million for a train company and you buy it in 2018, it doesn't run for two years uh, during the pandemic, uh, and your Carnival Corporation scrapping around to stay alive, that's probably not a good idea. According to this article, uh, removing the brakemen and depending entirely on conductors to perform twice the work would endanger the passengers. Yes, I've seen the conductors there. <laughs> no, don't put them in charge of the brakes. They're having a hard, hard time telling us there's nothing to eat when you're on board. Uh, the vice president of the union joined the negotiations in the spring of 2023, and he said, I'm very proud of the resolve and commitment. By the way, it's not on strike yet. They've authorized the strike, but they're only summer employees. They come into uh, that area to operate the train for the summer only. So it's a six-month job or whatever. So maybe they want a one-year salary for a six-month job. Don't really know one way or the other. MSC, I talk about them a lot. Let me check something. We're good. Uh, MSC has the Miraviglia. The MSC Miraviglia. I was on it last September. Big ship. 5,300 guests. It is sailing year-round out of New York. This is very sudden now. They just announced... Fall, they were doing year-round in New York, Bahamas, Caribbean. They announced the 10- and 11-day fall foliage. Look at the leaves, baby, uh, from New York on up, but not into Quebec and Montreal. I'm guessing they couldn't get any room there. They couldn't get a spot. I mean, Canada and New England is huge. It's a big deal watching leaves change color, the same leaves you have in your backyard, unless you live in Florida. They're different leaves, I understand it. But they do have 10 and 11-day cruises uh, in September and October out of New York, as low as, as low as, you can have a, a balcony cabin um, with a drink package for about $100, $110 a day, plus gratuities. Uh, pretty reasonable. Now, having been on there and spoken to guests there, if you have the bucks, the Yacht Club is available. The Yacht Club is a spectacular operation. You're separate from everybody else. Um, suites, special five-star service, a little more money. Quite a bit more money. Probably three times as much. Three times as much in the Yacht Club. But three times as much in the Yacht Club is about what you pay here um, to be on a small ship. So you're on a monster ship, but you're up top. 
you're above everybody else. You got your nose in the air above the riffraff. And then you go down and go to the main showroom. You go do other stuff. and Pretty cool. Uh, but not going to Montreal and Quebec. So we'll see how that would. But I, I would recommend uh, buying the only three itineraries are available September 24th, October 4th, October 15th. That's when you want to go. So if you're listening and you're in the tri-state area and you really don't care about Yacht Club treatment, uh, it's as low as, for a, an outside cabin, it's as low as $60 a day per person. So, again, you're on there with 5,000 people. That's how they can do that. And inside is sold out. That's amazing to me. That must have been less expensive. We don't say cheaper. Less expensive. MSC, Miravigula, nice ship. Nice ship, big showroom. Um, I had, listen, the food was fine. I had dinner in the dining room. It was all right. The buffet is huge. Whatever they call it there is a big-time operation. MSC Miraviglia. Okay. It is a Friday. We zip through that, and we zap through it, and most of the time I was you got to be kidding me. I was making it up. No, it's all true. I did not talk about the Cunard cutaway. I decided to tell you, if you want to look at a cool picture, Google Cunard cutaway, and it'll show you the back of the ship, the Queen Anne, and all the things that happen on the ship. It's better to view it. This is not a video presentation, so I can't show it to you. So you can go ahead and do it on your own. It's a Friday. What are you doing? All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Let me see where I'm going to be on Monday. Uh, let's see. Is that a Sunday? I'll be at, uh, I'll be at Astoria, United States of America. Astoria, Oregon. Call me what you want. I love being home. You know, all those ports in Japan, not a lot of English spoken in Japan. Not a lot of written English. Same in China. China, they use symbols. You can't figure anything out in China. Massive, long, long, I remember being, I've told this story before, being in Shanghai, sitting at a red light at a cab with my wife, and there was a drugstore. I could see it. and But the sign had to be a, half the block was the sign on the drugstore. All these symbols. I said to the driver, what is that in the English? And he said, CVS. They use a lot of plastic in China. All right, have a good weekend. I'll let you know how I, I made out at the tail end of this extravaganza. Let me ask this bum what he thinks. That's what I said. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.